Hey there, I'm Rachel Corbett and welcome to Small Change, the podcast that's all about the small changes you can make that'll make a big difference to your finances. And today we are talking family finances. The lessons or lack of lessons from our parents can really shape our relationship with money for the rest of our lives. I'm looking at you, Dad. Thanks very much. So to help us explore the impact and importance of generational wealth, here's behavioural economist Phil Slade with some advice. One of the things I wished that I had when I was growing up was a larger conversation around the dinner table about money, about our finances, about our wins, about our losses, and about how to navigate the world in a more astute way. And when you look at different cultures around the world, the cultures that have a a culture of where it's acceptable to talk about money are also tend to be wealthier. Why we haven't learned from that and why we don't have an acceptable culture where it's okay to talk about money, it's still kind of taboo. There's so much tied up in identity and management and the tall poppy syndrome and sort of, but not being allowed to be honest about our financial situation because it's linked too much to our identity as humans. But we need to talk about money with our kids. We need to talk not just about our success stories, but we need to talk about the failures, not even just our failures, but I think also the failures of our, our family. I had an uncle and uh, he was very, very successful. He owned a franchising business and would, uh, eventually over a number of years had built that business to the largest, pro- most profitable franchise in the whole of Australia. So much so that his franchise was making more money than all of the other franchises combined. So we obviously went, look, uh, my parents went, hey, let's, let's jump on that. Let's, let's create some franchises uh, in other cities. And he said, what a great idea. So we broke out. And those franchises became really, really successful to the extent that the whole Australian franchise of this brand was basically 90% my family's involvement in those franchises. Now, there was something that they didn't realize. There was a little part of a contract where if they didn't um, make good on the payment of a supply within 30 days, that the parent company, the mother company, could come and overtake your franchise or forcibly overtake your franchise to the extent that my parents lost units, they lost all their properties, they lost their family home, they lost everything. And me as a, a young teenager, I almost you know, couldn't go to the school that I was going to, couldn't do all sorts of things that I was going to go. I lost cars, we lost all sorts of stuff simply because we hadn't attended to this one little detail in a contract. But me knowing that story, whilst, you know, we in a later episode, we're going to talk about trauma and we're going to come back to that. But knowing that story is a really interesting lesson for all of us to make sure that we don't overlook the smaller details, understand the contractual arrangements that you're in and make sure that you keep an eye on that because no one's going to look after you like you will look after you and your family. And because that's a story and our brain thinks in stories, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Ask me what I learned in a lesson 30 years ago, and I can't tell you. That story, that's not going anywhere, mainly because of the the emotion that's attached to it, but also that I can tell it as a story. My grandmother had jars for rent and she had a jar for spending. She had a jar for all sorts of things. And whenever one jar would become empty, no, you never borrowed from another jar to spend on food. We just ate through the cupboard or what was in the cupboard when we were in that jar, when that jar was empty. And we could see the jar going down. So when the jar almost was empty, we knew it was going to get filled up in a few days. We started to slow our spending in that area in order to manage our money better. It's a really great story and a great visual. And we're making making savings and and money salient in the everyday, it taught me a lot to do 
with managing money. And all of this conversation reduces fear because familiarity reduces fear. The more familiar we are with something, the less scared we are. The less scared we are of something, the less panic we'll feel, the less anxiety that we have about something, the more likely we'll have a better decision. So having a short break and then afterwards we're going to come back and look at four things that we can do to practically help teach our kids about money. So what are some practical things that we can do to help teach kids about money and talk about money? Well, apart from doing things like jars on the on the windowsill, and I don't think any of us have got jars anymore or cash for us to be able to do that anymore. But what we can do is treat family finances like we are looking at a company. And that means having a family meeting about our resources. And when you talk about resources, it can not just be about the dollars and cents. It can be about the people. It can be about the networks. It can be about, you know, somebody might be looking at, at working as an artist, you know, well, that resource can be leveraged to help the family and help how you look at creating some generational wealth and change the mindset about what is considered to be uh, wealthy or not. Now, linked to that, when you're starting to talk about money and you as a family and generational wealth, you also, just like you do in a company, create exit plans for people, ways that people can leave the family in a way, in a, in a way that's constructive. And what's good about this is that it teaches us that there's no fear of decision-making. If you want to exit, there's a plan. If you want to stay, there's a plan. And when kids are going through their teenage years, they're less likely to do something that's uh, wanting to blow things up simply because they uh, are yet to be able to control their emotions. The third thing I think is really important is to teach kids about resulting. Resulting is what we do when we try to judge the goodness of a decision simply by what happened, the output, the impact of that decision. We don't know what the impact of a decision is often when we have to make the decision. And often by not knowing the outcome, it leads us to indecision, which is worse than making a bad decision most of the time. So being able to celebrate this decision or this investment didn't come off, but you know, knowing what we knew at the time, we made the best decision based on the information that we had, and that's great. So teach about resulting and look for evidence of resulting and celebrate the decision-making process rather than the resulting. But that all comes around talking about it and talking regularly. The last thing is to sort of list out what are the generational taboos? What are the attitudes that have come from your parents? And make a choice as to whether you want to keep them those attitudes or those views or lose them. So those attitudes might be towards wealth full stop. Is it bad that you're wealthy? Is is the pursuit of money evil, you know, or, or is it good or is it neither? Choose towards debt. When is it right to get into debt? Where is it not right to get into debt? Maybe debt's bad. Maybe debt's good. Who knows what debt is? Yeah, attitudes towards investing. You know, do you only invest in blue chip shares or is the investing landscape changed? And what should you be telling your kids about money? You know, there's a there's a large attitude that comes generationally that you shouldn't worry kids about it or kids, that's an adult conversation, not a kid's conversation. Challenge that. Challenge it. Does it really matter that a four-year-old is, is hearing about investment and about money and about how you're saving for a holiday in the future? I would argue that it doesn't matter at all. So challenge some of those general taboos. So the four things, treat your family finances as a company, create exit plans out of that company for people, teach kids about resulting and break the generational taboos. 
So it's time to audit that advice you've received over the years and analyse exactly what you are passing on to others. And if you've got a question for Phil or any of our other amazing experts, why not drop us an email at smallchange at novapodcast.com.au and I'll see you in the next episode for another great tip.